0: Hello everyone, welcome to the 77th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of the popbreak.com. We are here for the finale of our What If We Reviewed What If Review series. Our titles of review series are the absolute worst, but that's literally just the jokes we do. Of course, we are, the unoffic- we are unofficially sponsored and un- never recognized by Disney+. Plus. But yet, here we are, 77 episodes in for this podcast. And we've got a hell of a panel for this. Uh, we're recording real late on a Thursday. But you know what? Why not? Why not? Uh, uh, just a little programming note. We are going to do some random episodes between now and when Hawkeye comes out in, uh, around Thanksgiving time. Uh, We're definitely doing a Dune podcast with Alicia Weinberger. We're coming up with some other stuff, so check out at the Pop Break on Twitter. Hopefully, I'll release a schedule of what we're going to do, which I've never done before, but hey, why not? Uh, Again, my name is Bill Bodkin. If I didn't introduce myself already, I am the Whiskey Swilling and Swigging host of this podcast, and I am joined, as I always am, by uh, a person I've spent a lot of time with recently. We didn't see each other for nearly two years. And now I've seen him almost every weekend for the last month. He is the reluctant managing editor of the ThePopBreak.com. Always tired, but always positive recently. I don't know why. Um, a man will see no time to die this weekend. Al Manorino, what's going on, buddy?
1: Let, let's hope. And uh, um, I'm doing great. Uh, I was kind of hoping that this was a uh, only murderers in the building podcast, because that's all I kind of want to talk about. Apparently last, like,
0: a huge traffic weeks. getter for us.
1: Dude, Over- Great show. If you guys have, just, I was going to save it for recommendations, but it's honestly the only show my wife will watch with me that is not a documentary,
0: which uh, is saying things. Check out our weekly review by our TV editor, Avani Goswami. She does a great job with it. But let's introduce the rest of our guests because we've got sure. two other guys, two other people this week returning for i think his third or fourth stint on our what if review series he's recently asking the question what if i get to keep all my intestines because that was a joke we said well before we started recording <laughs> he is uh, i've done a lot of podcasts with this guy recently check out our uh, aew dynamite two-year review uh two-year preview i should say on the breakcast hub of the pop break radio network which you can find on all your favorite streaming platforms he is one of my favorite people michael dorkus welcome to the show
2: thanks for having me and yes what if i could keep all 20 feet of my intestines but hey it's about 20 feet they say average human has 15 to 20 feet in there but you know what i'm giving up one foot it's not so bad you know we'll see what happens
0: there we go. That's more information about your medical history than we ever needed to know. But God damn it, <laughs> this is what this podcast is about. Most importantly, we have uh, returning to the show for the first time and, 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 and maybe since Loki, maybe since Falcon and Winter Soldier, one of our favorite people, hot of literally minutes ago, shooting a concert today in New York City, the man with the greatest name in history ken grand pierre returns to the podcast my friend welcome back
3: uh thanks for having me guys i think i was on one of these what if episodes with you but i can't remember i think I maybe it was the the to wow the t'challa one maybe was that two or three yeah i can't
0: remember what i had for lunch today i think it was a burrito uh but you know so you might have been and i'm gonna take I had a turkey club wrap the other day. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Uh, But Ken, welcome back. Uh, Of course, Ken will be joining us, like I said, for the aforementioned Hawkeye and, of course, our Book of Boba Fett series. Because, God, we could not only (laughs) review stuff on Disney Plus because (laughs) they just hit. hit You probably throw Miss Marvel in the mix as well. Yeah, why not? And I'm sure when Obi- Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi series comes out and when we get the new Mando season. Eternal
1: Spider-Man, there's so much going on. Uh, a, lot, a lot of Disney. A lot of
0: Eternals, guys, but uh, there's a Disney Plus day in there, too. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. But what we are here for right now for this podcast is the finale of What If. Of course, there's been, uh, according to Wikipedia at least, uh, a season two has been announced for early 2022 We will be discussing some of our, um, you know, dream scenarios for that uh, towards the end of the podcast. But for right now, let's get into the episode. Of course, this is the part of the episode that we've titled, What If Bill or Al Literally Reads the Plot Summary from Wikipedia? And that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, oh, as I pulled up my fantasy football score by accident, episode nine, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? The Watcher recruits Strange Supreme, Captain Carter, Star-Lord T'Challa, Party Thor, Black Panther Killmonger, and a variant of Gamora, who killed Thanos, from their respective universes to battle Ultron. They travel to a universe lacking intelligent life to prepare, but Thor accidentally draws Ultron's attention. T'Challa steals the Soul Stone from Ultron, and Strange summons a horde of zombies as a distraction, while the team escapes to Ultron's home universe, where they are joined by Natasha Romanoff. Ultron overpowers them until Romanoff, with Carter's help, shoots Ultron with an arrow containing Armin Zola's mind. Zola erases Ultron from the inside, while Killmonger takes Ultron's armor and the stones. Zola, now controlling Ultron Vision's body, fights Killmonger for the stones. Strange and the Watcher seal Zola and Killmonger in a pocket dimension, which Strange agrees to watch over. The Watcher returns Strange, Carter, T'Challa, Gamora, and Thor to their respective universes. Romanoff refuses to return to her barren universe, so the Watcher brings her to the universe in which the Avengers candidates were assassinated, and she helps defeat Loki." In a mid-credits scene, Carter and her universe's Romanoff discover the Hydra Stomper armor with someone inside. So, guys, so, Ken, everybody, this is our finale. Um, Let's talk about what pretty much seemed like the inevitable that we were going to get an Avengers team to fight Ultron, and I want to look at that concept for a second. Did this just feel... Like forced, it was just like, of course, they're gonna put the Avengers together. Ken, I'm gonna start with you first. Did did the Watcher assembling a team? Did that just feel too? Did that kind of feel kind of corny or too little, too on the nose, or did you like the way that this that they that they uh, the plot was started with an assemblance of a super team?
3: Uh, I think corny is being very kind, but. <laughs> It absolutely was for sure. Uh, I think what's interesting is that even though like it definitely felt kind of slapped up together, it kind of echoes what you kind of get with comic books in totality. And I felt like that was what was really interesting where I think where they got me is that I'm such a sucker for when characters interact with each other, especially if there's like overlap on stories and, you know, having scenes where Uh, Doctor Strange is doing that call back to, you know, filling up uh, drinks of alcohol and like having people consume them and people getting drunk and kind of partying together and like making jokes. It's like, I love stuff like that. So on one hand, it's like, oh, I can indulge in that all day. On the other hand, it's like, you know, assembling a team is definitely lazy. And it is funny how, you know, in context now, see how this episode played out. It makes like the splash page on Disney Plus and, like, the main poster for the show makes so much more sense now. So it's like, oh, that's the team they were always going to assemble. Mike, your thoughts?
2: I, I enjoy the team-up because the, here's the thing. What if it's, an ev- it's everything in Marvel ultimate leads, ultimately leads to a big battle, a big team-up. And even if you had not seen the original trailer to What If, which caught a very slight glimpse of a team-up, You knew this was inevitable, like Thanos, except he was dead at some point. But it was inevitable that there would be a team-up, there would be a big battle. The only thing I thought was a little rushed was the introduction of Ultron as the big bad because even though it was only nine episodes long, we really only got two episodes establishing him as the villain that everyone was going to face off with at the end. Granted, Killmonger planted you know, as a, another villain that they faced off with at the very end of that episode, you knew that he would be out for himself. Once he was chosen for the team, you had that thought in the back of your mind, something's going to happen. So in a way it was expected, but I, I do agree a bit with what Ken was saying that some of the outcomes or the way certain things played out were a little, little too haphazard, um, Dare I say predictable, you know, is predictable Killmonger was going to turn predictable. Arnim Zola was going to try to get the stones for himself. Um, but overall, I enjoyed how they put the team together and it the way it happened made sense. Now, obviously, the inclusion of characters we did not see earlier in the season. Uh, my guess is that we're going to get a glimpse of those universes come season two. Alphonse? You're muted. I think I agree with both <laughs> of you guys.
0: Yeah, of course. I yeah, the co-host them. of the podcast doing is 77. Well, not 77 weeks. he have been here every week. But almost. Like, I like Buster balls about that. I know. But, uh, you know, come on.
1: Yes. So I agree with both of you. I thought um, at times it felt, you know, not corny, but just a little predictable, I guess. But at the same time, like you saying, obviously, is going to betray Killmonger's going to betray, double cross, whatever. But the fact that how they kind of resoluted everything resolved, I thought was an it resolved. I thought it was an interesting way. Um, I thought they did it in an interesting way of like putting it in like almost like this pocket universe, this like um, kind of universe jail, just like um, we saw that Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange uh, ended up. I thought that was a cool kind of way to do it. Um, and I also like that we finally got like somewhat of a happy ending with at least one of these universes because a lot of them felt very um, you know uh, sad and depressing um, outside of like, I guess two of them, two out of the eight because technically nine is a combination of a ton of different universes, right? So two out of the eight I feel like actually had like a, a happy ending. Um, and it was really that this episode we get to see those actually unfold. So I thought it was interesting um, in that instance, but yeah, um, I can, I can agree that at times it felt a little, but at the same time, it's like, we've been saying it for weeks. Like, what is this going to, what is this, what does this all mean? Right. And it was either going to have some sort of team up or lead to, I guess, something in the mcu proper right like it's going to tease something it's going to do something really all this did was like let's keep exploring multiverses we introduced him to loki the the concept of them existing we're going to see more in spider-man like the whole point of the what if series is let's just give you guys a taste of the multiverse
0: yeah i um as al becomes the watcher um I, I agree with Ken. I think the, um, so I have to just say that, like, I'm a big sucker for a team up. I really am. I love a good team up. I like, I love a good hey, bike. So Mike and I have done many a wrestling, um, podcast. I'm a big fan for, of a faction, big fan of like big, big fights. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was lazy as hell to be like, You're the multiversal Avengers, you know, like Defenders. Whatever, It's essentially, they're the Avengers of the multiverse. We got that. And everything was very obvious. Uh, I did enjoy the recruitment, though. I think my favorite recruitment one was, we got another little vocal bit from Kurt Russell. I'm never going to argue with Kurt Russell cameo in anything. But it felt a little forced. At times, it felt a little expected, but also not the worst thing. I mean, remember, this is a 30 plus minute weekly uh, animated series. This is not a new MCU film, so I was okay with it. It just, like Ken said, it was lazy. One of the characters, to me, I felt like I had the hardest time accepting them being the hero and such a point person in this. And guys, you might disagree with me with Strange Supreme because we saw he basically destroyed the world and was pretty evil and messed up because, you know, to get, you know, to resurrect the love of his life, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Like, you know, it didn't always feel that way in the movie, didn't always feel like that in the episode. Um, Was it odd that Strange Supreme was such a right hand to the Watcher and that he was just like. He wasn't the guy that we had to worry about, really. It was more Killmonger. Like, could we have... I I feel like it would have been a little more interesting if maybe Killmonger wasn't a part of the team and it was... We got Strange Supreme being the unstable one because he has so many... We saw it throughout the episode where he was fighting back his literal demons. I think that might have worked out a little bit better as a dramatic device... Uh, as opposed to how they had him just pretty much just being a good guy guys. Do you agree, disagree? Uh, Michael, start with you first.
2: So I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And what happened? I a a couple of podcasts ago, I mistakenly predicted that strange Supreme was going to be the main villain towards the end because of the way they built him up to really just have this hate and disdain. But by the end of the, you know, thinking back by the end of that episode, how, Ultimately, when he merged his two selves, it almost seemed like he regained some semblance of humanity and really realized the consequences of his actions. I mean, as you said, he essentially eliminated an entire universe. And at that point, um, you know, the only thing that was obstructing him was his own pocket universe, and there was no way for him to escape. Obviously the watcher at some point brought him, you know, we saw brought him out strange Supreme knew of his presence. So ultimately seeing him at the end, being the guy to help recruit the, the uh, guardians of the multiverse, I believe they were called. It made sense because at this point, this is now his chance at redemption. He destroyed his own universe. He's preventing ultra on ultra vision from essentially destroying the other universes out there. So for me, it was uh, Strange Supreme's redemption story. So it didn't surprise me that he played to be the pivotal hero.
0: Ken, your thoughts?
2: Yeah,
3: I feel more or less the same. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy. I think because of the nature of the show, I kind of was accepting things at face value so much that I didn't really consider having theories as the show is progressing, but in hindsight and how you said that there about like, what if Dr. Strange was done stable and that would have been miles more interesting than what we got because it was a thing with, I mean, calling Killmonger's turn predictable is always being way too kind because I think every time he spoke, I was just really ready for it. I was like, oh, no, he's about to say something and um yeah it's yeah that that does feel like a missed opportunity now i don't think it was jarring to see him help the watcher because i think it was a thing in like the end of his episode where he kind of went beyond the evil thing but yeah that's oh that does feel kind of lame now in hindsight
0: al what do you think
3: uh
1: well first off i think mike owes us a transformer because he bet one right
2: shit he did better translate. he
1: did so that's Fine. uh Here,
2: you want my you want my beast Wars optimus prime oh first of all yes Beast Beast, beast <laughs> wars was awesome oh uh, man i'm a g1er uh
1: uh to
2: uh
0: well it's more uh, than meets the eye guys come on that's
2: right there we go how's rodimus for it? there you go Fine.
1: <laughs> um no i i just i never i never thought that he would be the villain because he was never really a villain in in that episode he was like a villain in the sense of like i think he just was like miss um you know his his priorities were like misaligned in the sense that like he was doing everything he could to save the woman that he loved and that was his goal like he wasn't just like i hate everyone i hate everything i'm going to destroy the world right so no. it's just like i didn't i didn't feel like he was just just to speak on what uh, Mike's theory. Initially. Yeah. But what was the original question?
0: I think it w- w- would it have been more interesting if it had been, stra- instead of doing the obvious, like, well, no one can trust Killmonger and he's, like, like you know, drunk with power and he's going to betray them. Where it was, like, Strange Supreme was, like, if they allowed him to fight his demons, which we saw yeah. a little glimpse of. I think that would have been a more interesting story to tell instead of going with the way they did. Like, I just he's think- unstable. He's not a bad guy. He's just unstable, yeah. and they can't rely on him. I think that would have been a better dramatic device <laughs> than, oh, oh, well, like, Killmonger's been fiddling with this Ultron helmet, and now he, he can take over.
1: I think it's just because we we know Ultron, and we've really never got to have more time with him, whereas we've kind of gotten Thanos to death between the movies and then, you know, the, the, the fun cameo that we got to see in, um, in the, in the star Wars episode of the T'Challa. One. We a couple
0: fun, uh, Thanos cameo. I,
1: exactly. So I feel that it was like, we need a villain that everyone resonates is a villain like Ultron. How can we make it different? We'll make it look like, you know, he was vision and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I get it. Like it made sense to me. Um, and I think the Killmonger stuff was great because it's like the Watchers, like, Oh, I need you. I know what, who you are and what you're going to do, but I need you because you're good at what you do. And on top of that, I still, again, Killmonger, just like Dr. Strange. seems Like he has his reasons, right? Like, you know, he kind of does. Like, what, what does he say when he, when he gets, uh, when he gets the stones when he gets the suit he's not like i i have complete control i'm going to kill you guys he literally says to them like this is the only way you're going to universe is back your friends your family like i'm trying to help here just like in black panther the original black panther he wants you know control of wakanda so he can uh give his people power so it's not, not about i guess just him so i never saw like that's that's how i kept like internalizing it like if we're going to have some sort of thing it has to be some huge overarching multiversal problem and ultron is kind of like geared towards that i guess
2: you know al you when you, you said before about how you know with everything coming together with how watcher picked killmonger for a reason i recalled at the end of the episode dr strange kind of pulled something that was very similar to endgame where he said wait a minute this is the one where we don't win.
0: Oh, and that's when you took my next uh, part. You took my next I'm
2: sorry. No, I no, no. no. So perfect, that from perfect you.
0: segue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's one thing where he says, "This is we're not supposed to win. We're just supposed to separate the stones." And last episode, uh, Mike, you remember when I was talking about? Um, I didn't get the Arnon Zola storyline. I'm like, mm-hmm. why the final, are they yeah, getting? Why is there? is clint and <laughs> natasha's plan hey let's download the Hydrogenius and in, and shoot him into ultron and that way we can win even though that guy was hellbent on mayhem and destruction like they're not shooting steve rogers into him you know they're shooting arnon zola but so we see this happen in, I thought, a gorgeously animated sequence mm-hmm. where Natasha's riding a bike off a cliff, shoots the arrow with Zola in it. Um, um, uh, Agent Carter pulls back the head of, of, of uh, Ultra Vision right in the eyeball. And then Arden basically becomes Krang from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> And she's like he's like, hello, darling. I'm taking over your body now. And we have that. So, and now he, he and he and Killmonger are in this um you know power struggle for the infinity stones. What did you guys think of one, the Zola plan and two, this encapsulate like the whole point was to encapsulate both of these villains into basically this uh FCOT center of um of a prison so (laughs) sorry I like that I mean it was the Epcot ball there's no other way to put it which by the way Spaceship Earth if you've never been on it get on it before they redo it it's it's great Great (laughs) Ken's like I can't I want to get off this podcast (laughs) where's Diego
3: (laughs) no it's just you know like hearing you say that, because I think I should stay. I know we're not doing ratings yet, but we will. I, I I think I left the episode, the the episode, and like the the finale, and you know the series going like, oh, I largely enjoyed that, but I think I took it so much as like the equivalent of eating junk food. That I didn't put so oh. much critical thought to that. Say kind of just yeah, I just let certain things pass because hearing you say that just now, I think I did realize while watching the episode how that plan just felt so rushed and it makes sense to me. Cause like, cause everything we saw of Zola prior, it's like, why would he not just double cross and take over everything? Like, it was kind of weird. Like, yeah. Like, why would he not do that?
0: Well, someone, I, I don't know, Mike, I don't know if it was you or Matt in the last episode that they're like, yeah, but they know he's going to do it. But I'm like, at the same point in this episode, it's like, you know, Killmonger is going to do it because Killmonger is not to be trusted the watcher literally says a killmonger. He's like former uh, protege and killer of Tony Stark. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay. I, you know, so, but I, I, I know what you mean. It's just like, yeah. Zola is like, he, he's a bad guy, <laughs> you know? Well, Al, we, well, you didn't weigh on this last week. You were at a rehearsal dinner for our, the least favorite uh, person in the world. Al Brian DeMarco. Um, what did you think of the plot to like put Zola inside of Ult- Ultravision?
1: I mean, if you're gonna have Black Widow and Hawkeye as the last remaining Avengers, which is in and of itself baffling, um, it makes total sense because like it, 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 it makes it makes total sense. It makes total sense in the sense of what else do they have to lose but it almost made no sense that nat didn't think of that to begin with knowing that she has already met zola like for her to have to go all the way to russia to find a file
2: to say oh bottle. yeah
1: oh yeah zola like that should have been the reason they were going to russia not you know what i mean
0: i was thinking if you're gonna if you're gonna get a um, a villain that sort of would be on the side of humanity it would be zemo you know
1: yeah but he's just a dude like what's i mean he's gonna
3: (laughs) no zola is literally a computer virus like now but there's no reason. you know what jesus this is like how important critical talk is but objectively there's no reason why they couldn't just hand wave away that zemo did the same thing or something similar so yeah yeah, like yeah, critical. but I'm just saying it's, it's like pre-
0: I have to host a critical thinking podcast at the end because <laughs> mostly, just, you're, Ken, you were right. This this series is basically like I've said it before. It's like it's not a series of g- a huge consequence. It's it's potato chip series. It's yeah. just like oh, it, or it's a sweet tie chili Dorito,
3: which it's which objectively is what like the what if, and not just like in the context of Marvel, but even like when DC does it with like. Yeah. Else Worlds and like Star Wars are doing with like tagging bing and stuff like objectively it is supposed to feel like that, like potato chips and like low stakes or no stakes. But I guess what's contradictory in the context of like how Marvel and Disney like that like have its kicking you too is that on one hand, you have that element, but then you also have both end of the world and everything's connected. And it's like I just wanted to not think about stuff, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> like yeah, yeah no, like, i just just,
0: just give I, me t'challa as star Wars, star lord as a series so it's just them running capers for like eight episodes i'm good with or vegas or you know party thor just like fucking about throughout the world screaming "Viva las vegas every time he wants to beat somebody up you know that'd
3: be a great saturday morning cartoon well that's the thing though. was like the whole the whole the whole purpose of what if
1: as as what disney is trying to do is like this is your like best of remixed right like it's it's characters you know it's voice you know it's it's voices kind of that you know it's storylines that you know flipped or turned or remixed in some way that is interesting and fun right so you know we could easily have like oh, what if T'Challa was Star Lord and like have a series on that? But the whole point is just like, it's not to explore these characters for super long. It's it's to explore the idea of it, right? And I think if you just had that standalone T'Challa episode with no connection, you'd be like, that was a great fucking 30 minutes. Like, I'm so glad I yeah. watched that. The party Thor one, same thing. And even the even the Captain Carter one, the first episode, like those are great. Like there's some that I the zombie one, fine. I'll I'm gonna eat my chips. And I'm gonna watch this. It's kind of interesting. But like a lot of these stories are great. What if stories? And it's cool because they were set up in the MCU. The difference between what Marvel's doing, what DC has been doing forever is like when you go see, uh, or uh, you know, DC has these straight to DVD or straight to streamers or whatever at this point, um, animated series or animated movies based on popular comic arcs. And those are really hit or miss because sometimes they're super faithful and people love them, or they try to do different things with them because they're like, hey, we have a chance to change it up a little bit. And they bomb, or they're just like pointless. At least with Disney, every single thing that they've done with Disney Plus has a point in some capacity. I know it's long winded as usual, but like I really feel with this what if series, like it can't just be like, you know, what if Galactus, um, you know, just ate a bunch of planets? It's like, great, cool, I I want to see Galactus.
0: What if Galactus just ate a bunch of mushrooms?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Let's
0: see what happens.
1: That would have been a lot better.
0: I would have loved that. What if Thanos just did (laughs) ayahuasca? Yeah. Third eye was open.
1: I guess my point is, it's not just, it's not, it's not what if for the sake of what if. It's like we meticulously thought out, like this is what if of the MCU that you know and love. Yeah. Right. For sure. So it's not just what if Marvel. It's different. They can't do it because they're that's not the way that they're set up. Go yeah, fucking watch any other animated series on Disney Plus that's Marvel, and you're like, this this isn't that good. And it's, why is it? Why is it always
0: Ken? It's, it's so. Kid. And they have not introduced Ken's favorite thing in the world: mutants.
2: They have well, it. you know, we we did say uh, last week's podcast that one glimpse of ultravision, and th- th- I saw it online. People were posting images of that scene with ultravision, mouth open, ready to devour our universe. And Galactus do the same thing. He was all over the place after that episode last week. And, Unicron. And, th- and, and and Exactly. By the way, Unicron referenced this in this week's What If as well. What was that one? I didn't. I missed it. When the arrow, the arrow through the eye, That's was right. from the '86 movie, ship right through the eye of Unicron. So oh, you had, shit. you had, you got, we got the turtles in there, we got Unicron in there. Next thing you know, we're making a Thundercats reference, and then it's just going to all go downhill from there.
0: Oh um, god, imagine, imagine if if Killmonger just yelled, "I have the power." power.
2: Oh, that, that would have been, been great been right there. Would have
0: been great.
2: Uh, uh, think think now, it, let's, it definitely.
0: Let's move on to the. The classic Marvel uh, trope, the end credit sequence. Because we're going to get to, we're going to get the overall thoughts in a few minutes. But let's talk about that end credit sequence where we go to, uh, you know, we have uh, Agent Carter, Captain Carter, I should say. Uh, She just beat up uh, George St. Pierre, UFC legend, (laughs) a.k.a. Bartroc. And, uh, you know, Natasha's like, I got something to show you. And it is the Hydra stomper, aka the you know essentially the the first Iron Man iteration. And she said there is someone in here, obviously referencing Steve Rogers. So Al, I'll start with you because I always go to you last. What do you think of this end credit sequence?
1: I I think I briefly talked about it before, but I just like that we kind of ended on a happy note, right? And and also like how is this. I, I, I'll, I'll try this again this was the watchers doing right like obviously be. have had to be so now that he's interfering with stories I think it just um, provides just more questions of the season two of what this show can be and what and can involve into um, they'll probably stick with the same format of build up to like a basically a two part kind of finale for the next season so like what could that entail I'm hoping for more of like a multi- multiversal war because that's kind of what we've been talking about is what the MCU might be doing um, but yeah I thought I thought ending it on this note was nice because it wasn't like a, we need to set up season 2 really we need to just like give these people a break who've been watching just a bunch of fighting for nine episodes and a lot of just sad sad endings so uh also i I have to say this because i'm going to forget didn't i call um of course start i I I have to i need i need credit look how smart
0: i was guys (laughs) i need
1: credit because i've been wrong so many times on this podcast
0: well Um, we bring up the wandavision part
1: it's true did didn't i call t'challa coming to save Quill
0: from his daddy. You might have. I'll give you credit for it. that because I don't, you know.
1: I thought I, would, but I thought that was a nice touch too.
0: But you can't go wrong with a Kurt Russell cameo. Yeah. Uh, never. Uh, Ken, what would you think of the end credits sequence?
3: Uh, it was very. Do you know what? It was so predictable and so, like, you know, like easy like you know you, you just start coming a mile away that I did the thing I'm sure I'm not the only person who does this where you take your little mice mouse cursor and you like try to like see the little thumbnail that's right above like you know as you you fast forward and I'm like this can't be the only one there's gonna be another one like that was, yeah. kind of the thing. Like <laughs> I did, I did. The credits and see if there's another clip because I mean I liked it but it was just kind of like oh, it's, I know in my head i was like i know and even in the context of marvel which is funny it's that if uh you know if steve rogers survived like in the regular mcu universe of being frozen by himself it's like he has like double like reason to survive being encased in like a suit so it's almost like less danger it's like oh it was easier for him to survive that because it is like a layer from the cold or whatever and yeah it's just i don't know it's it's okay it's cool good for you peggy you know something i wanted to bring up real quick oh, not okay. to derail but
0: oh i, you, I just wanted to You've this I'm, podcast enough to know you can totally derail it at any time
3: i just wonder if i'm the only one who felt this way so i mean they introduced that there was a gamora that beat uh thanos and am i the only one who wishes we would have gotten that episode uh no I did because
0: it's like, how do you introduce this character you've not seen in anything? And she's a major part of the finale.
2: Yeah. So I, I have some good news for you on that one. Um, I did I did read I forget which website, but I did read online that because that there was going to be an episode that featured that explained how that happened, but it's being bumped to season two. So the story exists. We just didn't get to see it.
0: I mean, I, that's, that's, I'm sorry. I know. It's like, I
2: know, but. I'm going to call foul like, on that because like, what? Dude, we, what I would have loved to have seen that too.
0: What did you have in the can that would have been like, oh, okay. We'll have an extra week of what if like are Muppets Haunted Mansion. I mean, which <laughs> I'm totally going to watch, but you know, Hey, that's me. Um, you could add another week of that yeah. and put I, that episode. It would have yeah. been, I would have been better. But uh, for me, like Mike, did you, and talk about the no you did not
2: talk about the no. sequence so, no, uh, well so i say like you know going with that and i'm gonna get a little long i'm gonna i'm gonna take a very long thread here and just make it as short as possible i'm just gonna cut out the small pieces it. um where i can and you know you have the the overarching you know the overarching story of all these characters and you know like ken and were saying their characters are getting the happy endings when their store, when the episode is over, the big battles over. So each one gets a happy ending. Now I'll be honest. I didn't see the, uh, I didn't see the uh, end credit coming. I didn't, I was, I was surprised by that, which gave me the theory of, well, Captain Carter came into the modern era, not being by, not by being frozen, transported via the Tesseract. Is it possible that the Steve Rogers inside the, uh, the, the suit maybe had a similar experience, say that Bucky had, maybe we've got a winter soldier, maybe they'll call him something different, but I definitely don't think that he's going to come out of that thing being the same Steve Rogers that uh, we, we remember from the first episode. Um, I'm willing to think, and Al, if you like, I'll bet even another transformer. I'll maybe I'll pull out something from. Uh, I don't know. Was it double or nothing? Huh? <laughs> double that? or nothing. Double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. um, where it's, I, I just can't believe there. He's going to come back. There's going to be some type of mind manipulation, like we saw with Bucky, and that again will be another story leading into season season two. But for now. Carter's got, you know, her happy ending where she at least knows that uh, Steve is alive.
0: Man, like, I look at this and I, I almost, like, I know they gave, uh, what should we call it, they gave uh, Natasha the better ending, but man, I, the, the real Marvel tear tearjerker, the, you know, Steve crashed in the plane into the frozen tundra type deal. And I was like, I owe you that dance, would have been the watcher placing Peggy back in her timeline, like World War II timeline. And you see they're reunited somehow. And that's how you end. That would have been better. It's just like, hey, he's in he's in this big suit. And my first thing is like, is he 90? Like, I just felt like they would open it. And here's like old man Steve still in it. He's like, ah. I remember the war, you know, <laughs> like like that's what I was expecting. Like I don't know why my brain went there. I'm just like, why well, he old? Like how does how does that work? Uh, but again, it's like this is this is the junk food series, so you got to like kind of not be as invested that way. Just take it for the superficial face value. But like, I don't know, they could have done it better. Like like it was it was nice, but it was like I'm like ah, you could have. Like if, if Steve was frozen in ice or something like that, cause he's a Steve from another universe. And all of a sudden it's like the Steve Rogers we know. And somehow uh, UFC legend, George St. Pierre is like, Oh, Hey, I have that Steve Rogers on ice. And it's like, th- like, give me the super team of like Chris Evans, Captain America with like super soldier, you know, you know, Peggy Carter, give me that team as a series, I'm all about it, you know, but we didn't get that. We got, you know, old school Iron Man suit. So let's get into the rating for the episode. Uh, Of course, we rate our episodes on one to 10 question marks. Um, Al, I'm going to start with you on a scale of one to 10 question marks. What do you give one, the episode, two, the series and your thoughts? Uh,
1: I give the episode a seven out of 10 question marks and the series seven and a half question marks. So it's just like the start of the question mark, but like not maybe like the you get little the dot at the bottom. Yeah. 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 Um, I overall, like I thought the episode was like, not like a means to an end, but like, um, you know, it did blow me away. And at the same time, the whole series hasn't, it really, like, as, as Ken said, it it was just like, this is a snack. Like, we, we've been just like buffet style eating, like crazy, amazing Disney Marvel television for so long that we need like a break, but you know, we still want to snack a little bit and this has kind of been it. It it has been like a, a nice snack to, uh hold this over until Hawkeye and, you know, two Marvel movies, uh, Miss Marvel after that, like we're gonna just be bombarded again with content. And this was a nice little break in between. So I enjoyed it, had some really solid moments, but overall, like, you know, it didn't just like, it didn't blow me away. And I never, I never thought it would, I, I thought there's there, Disney's first foray into, um, you know, animation, I, I didn't have the highest hopes for it because it's just like it's tough to not like knock it out of the park out of the gate. Um however I heard Star Wars Visions may be doing that. I heard it's pretty amazing. Uh first maybe it, Ken... that,
0: first, that first episode will drop your jaw, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. So again, again,
0: learn, I have thoughts.
1: <laughs> again, I, I did enjoy it, but it, you know, it didn't it didn't it didn't blow me away like other uh disney plus shows have thus far uh excited to see you know what they do you know what what stories they want to tell because at some point they're going to run out of mcu proper ones and they're going to have to be a little more creative um and i hope they do i hope they they get that far
0: i'm gonna go because i like to have our guests be our final two on the ratings for me the episode was a seven because I think there was a lot of great action in this. This was a very action-packed episode, very thrilling. These these battle sequences, like some of the best animation. Again, that Peggy Carter, Natasha, Ultravision sequence was just wonderful to watch. Um, you know, Party Thor is great. What a character, guys! Just just put that in my veins, make it a series. Chris Hemsworth just owned that. So I mean, if I believe that was Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah it it just was this was a good finale at times the word convenient keeps popping up the word lazy keeps popping up but again this was like this was our you know this was our pringles this was our this was our this was the mcu bad batch this where where it was like hey here's this animated thing it doesn't have a direct impact on on what's happening in the mcu although it might um well as bad batch probably won't have it on the star wars universe but this may have a little bit, we've often said it's going to be the palette, you know, how you, uh, the amuse-bouche of what's to come with Quantumania and the multiverse of madness and everything that's going to happen to Spider-Man. But it was perfectly fine. It was very neat. It was very convenient. At times, lazy. Still fun. Still a lot of big action. Uh, yeah, so it's a seven for me. And I think for the series, it's going to be a seven as well. I mean, there were some episodes that really hit. Um, there were some episodes that had great stuff like mustache twirling, Michael Douglas is a villain. Uh, at part at times the zombie episode, which I was dreading for 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 weeks, was fun. And I like that call back to them where they just piled all the zombies on top of Ultra Vision, and then we had the Wanda standoff, which was which was fun, but ultimately this is this is not going to stand the test of time. This is just a nice diversion. And I've said before, I want something with a little more connective tissue. I'm looking forward to the live action st- stuff that has some meaning like Wanda Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and, a, and eventually Hawkeye will have. So yeah, this was a nice series to watch every week. It was very breezy. It was very quick. So yeah, so it's totally, it's a seven for me. Enjoyable. Not, not something that's going to stick to the ribs, but it was definitely enjoyable. Will I watch season two. Yeah, I'll watch season two, but again, it's just, it's perfectly Okay. Uh, Mike your thoughts your rating for the episode and in the series
2: the episode I'm giving this one an eight and you know, th- thinking about everything that's been said um, <clears throat> the episode that capped off the, the first season did everything that and, and we've said it earlier it did everything we expected it to do I thoroughly enjoyed the voice acting In that episode the animation throughout the entire battle i thought was the best animation of the entire series and for me the combination of the art and the voice uh really put it over for me and originally i thought maybe a lower score but i really appreciated how much of the artistic value really was put into that final episode to convey the seriousness of hey this might be a, you know, a a side tier series, but UltraVision could be ending everything as we know it. And you felt that something was seriously on the line. Uh, The Watcher also, of course, the Watcher's involvement added to that. I thought the, even as brief as it was, which simultaneously was also my one complaint, as brief as that episode was, really got to see each character thrive in their role and as The Watcher said, it, you know, as we said, The Watcher picked these individuals for a reason. That's why each episode highlighted them, both the heroes and the villains. And the result of the episode, I honestly, I don't think it they could have written it or scripted it any better. I think that was the right resolution to have at the end. And that's why the episode gets an eight. And that's also why I give the entire series an eight, because... As as I said before, we've had a long thread weaved through each one of these episodes. But if you take apart each episode and specifically um, analyze each character, why they were highlighted, the situation that they were in. And I know I am probably overanalyzing it way too much for for a series, which, and I agree with everybody, this was the popcorn, the potato chip eating series. This was the nice break from the MCU as a whole although keeping in the back of my mind that we could see some of these characters resurface in a later show, somewhere in a movie, definitely possible. But it, it, the one thing I will disagree. I I didn't think that there was lazy writing or or maybe a little, you know, lackluster storytelling, except for the zombie episode. I know I didn't give that one a high rating. I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, But overall as a series, it stuck to what we know and love and, about uh, what we know and love about the MCU. There were there were no visible obstructions to the storyline. I think everything ran as fluid as possible in terms of getting to the end point. And overall, I just love the series. I just overall, like I said, the voice acting was great. The animation was fantastic. The development of characters and the subtle nods to things that we saw in the multiverse uh, really I think enhance the experience as a whole. And the one thing I'm just going to add in there. And I was a little disappointed with besides the, I really thought the last two episodes should have been longer. I really wanted to see a little bit more with Loki because I am still convinced the Loki that came to earth and took over is president Loki from the, that we saw on the TV. Right. Yep. That, that's still my theory. Ooh. I mean, look. I was wrong about Doctor Strange being a villain. I could be wrong about President Loki coming from this universe, but hey, never know.
0: Listen, Alf. I thought the beekeeper ended up being the dog of WandaVision, So, I mean, listen. <laughs> no, no theory. No theory can be. No theory can be to be too crazy. Uh, the best named man in history, uh, <laughs> King Ken What did you think? Uh, your rating for the episode
3: and the series. So I think. I think my rating for the episode is going to be a bit controversial. Do it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Yes. Do it. A 6.5. With the decimal. Because you know what's interesting with this episode is that it was enjoyable. The animation was great. The voice acting was great. And you did feel a sense of engagement while watching it. But something that I came to realize, and I think I felt this way for a while, is that like Marvel has achieved this level of a uh, high standard that really does feel, I don't know, maybe opaque is way too harsh of a word, but it just you like, you come to expect it. Like it feels very omnipresent. It feels almost like wallpaper in a sense. And the way that, you know, I think for the first two to three episodes, I was kind of in a headspace of really being like critical and like, oh, is the animation good or is are all these pieces coming together? And at some point realizing that like, oh, well, they always approach things from a high standard way, so of course, and just kind of realizing that that's just a given. So I think in that vein, all that is great. And then when you know that all that's great, you could focus on the writing. And I feel like for this episode, it just didn't really have it. And I don't know if that's me expecting too much or maybe expecting like a different kind of show, Because I think we've had talks about it, too, um, about just like how the first two to three episodes were more aligned with the premise of alternate, you know, paths that the movies could go on and this kind of turning into that typical, hey, everybody come together and do the thing. So I guess, yeah, in terms of the episode itself, I just... I like I was watching the episode and I saw all the beats coming a mile away. That said, I would say the series as a whole would get a 7.5 for me because it was largely enjoyable. I did find myself more entertained than not. And yeah, you know, it is a thing that Disney Plus has been perfecting. And it's funny seeing the other streaming services kind of falling in line. But, you know, having the episodes come out week to week, and having it as something to look forward to, especially since we're still living in this weird kind of, not kind of, this weird pandemic. So I can definitely, I can honestly say that my Wednesdays were definitely a bit brighter just by having these episodes to watch. So yeah, I'd say a 7.5 is good.
0: Okay. Just lightning round real quick. Two questions. Let's do it. And I'm going to start with you since you went last. You're- okay. Your favorite episode from the series. You don't have to go into it. Just your favorite one. And one character you would want to see that we haven't seen in this series. One character you want to see. Doesn't have to be already established in the MCU. One character you want to see in season two.
3: Ooh.
0: I know. Like, I, like, I like throwing the curve falls every once in a while. Usually in the dirt, swing and a miss type deal.
3: My favorite episode... Everybody.
0: We live in the Yankees playoff.
3: <laughs> My favorite episode is uh, if the Avengers died and the the whole Michael Douglas surprise. That was great. I love that. That really was like, yeah, the chef's kiss. Debbie deserves the chef's kiss. And funnily enough, in terms of a character, I don't think Marvel ever did this, but since it's what if they could do whatever they want. But you know how in Superman and DC, there's like the Superman comic Red Sun. Is everyone here familiar with that? I'm not. Oh, it's it's amazing. So it's it's essentially like, what if uh, Clark Kent landed, Kal El landed in Russia, Soviet Russia, instead of America, okay. and how that would develop. And they've they never made a plot line with that with Steve Rogers, but I mean, you might as well. Why the fuck not? So I think that would be pretty cool to see, like a Ste a, a Russian Steve Rogers, and see how his hallmarks of being like against bullying and being like you know a good-hearted person. Would contrast with just what the Soviet Union used to be so that'd be pretty cool
0: Mike favorite episode of the series and a character you would want to see in what if season two
2: so my favorite episode was T'Challa as Star-Lord just it was so well done it was so entertaining it, by far my favorite episode and as for a character that we did not see or was not heavily featured um, in What If. That is a tough one. But um, if I really, really, really got to uh, put somebody on that one, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I really think I want it to be Korg. That's
0: a good one. We did see a hey, glimpse of Korg yeah, exactly. in this we had a glimpse. episode.
2: Mm-hmm. we actually we had two glimpses. well one and a half i guess because the first glimpse was just his arm and the uh, second glimpse was him uh, enjoying one of the uh, parties courtesy of party thor
0: and he uh, we did see him in the penultimate episode when he was mm-hmm. uh battling uh, some of the Ultrons as well yep.
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh the watcher al <laughs> your favorite episode of the series as well as a character you'd like to see in season mm-hmm. two
1: think the t'challa star lord was the most enjoyable because it was just like oceans 11 in space with uh with another chance to to see chadwick boseman shine in the role and uh who would like to see it i want to i mean it's baffling that we didn't get an entire howard the duck episode so i want to see it Ah, that that would be Seth green coming back as Howard, the duck again. And we get, you know, we get to go to, I think it's, I think it's just called duck world. Isn't it his home planet? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Just let, let's go to duck world.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was also our favorite show Ducktales. but you know, it's neither here nor no, there.
1: No, that was yeah. duck work.
0: I know, but to me, it was also duck world. Um, for me, <laughs> I, I'm going to make it three out of four. I'm going to say to tell star star Lord, love a good caper. I love the fact it was like, what if Star-Lord wasn't a dick? And he was actually just a really great guy. He would have talked Thanos out of killing everyone. And Josh Brolin was amazing in it. It's just such a fun episode. It's one you can go back to and have... It's like a hangout episode. It's so much fun. To me, I'm going off what Ken said, but slightly different. I don't want to see Russian Captain America. I want to see Red guardian and i want to see david Harbor coming back because he did a voice in star wars visions i want to see a what if red guardian i don't give a crap what it is what if red guardian (laughs) really loves 7-eleven if he was a big you know vinyl head i don't care what he's doing give me david Harbor in this character (laughs) let's bring it let's run it back guys because it's such a great character and I hope they put it in the eighties and somehow if you can get Kurt Russell involved in it, I don't know why it's just fantasy booking guys. I, this is, this is what Bill needs. This is what dad needs right now. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, a red guardian episode, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, All right, guys, we're, we're going to wrap up the episode with, Real quick, another lightning round one where we're going to give a pop culture recommendation for people, uh, just like whether it's a band, whether it's a, you know, show a movie, you know, comic book, whatever for me, I'm going to repeat myself from last week because I do not watched anything new. Um, and that's going to be Mike Flanagan's midnight mass. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, Flanagan just made some news where he's got, um, Two new series coming out on Netflix. One's going to be his remake of Edgar Allan Poe's The uh, Fall of the House of Usher, which uh, Vincent Price was originally a star of. and of course, it's based on an Edgar Allan Poe work. Um, listen, the guy knows Haunted House stuff is going to be great. Horror Club is another one he's doing that's his next, next Netflix series. But listen, Midnight Mass, a show that... Uh, can deal with uh, Catholic guilt, uh, the existence of God, the afterlife, the plight of the American worker, uh, addiction, recovery, depression, and still be scary as shit and take a horror trope that should be completely ridiculous, but make it utterly work over a, a, of a seven episode run. It's utterly brilliant. Love it. Great Halloween watch. If, um, if you want other Flanagan references, or our recommendations doctor sleep his quasi sequel to what's well, actually a sequel to the shining the haunting of hill house the haunting of blind manor all great go check it out um blind manor hill house and doctor sleep are all on netflix doctor sleep is on hbo max so go check that out and ow i think i know what you're going to recommend because you talked about it either before the podcast or in the beginning uh quick pop culture recommendation
1: yeah, that is a little show. lasted like nine seasons. Uh, it's called Seinfeld. It's on now. It's now on Netflix. Um, wow. I actually have been rewatching it for like the fifth time. Love that show. Uh, no, Only Murders in the Building. It is on Hulu. Um, if you're a fan of crime, podcasts, murder mystery shows, um, and spoofing of both of those things, then you will love, 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 love this show. With the Craziest cast of all time, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and, of course, the uh, third amigo, Selena Gomez.
0: And one of my favorites from The Wire and The Office, Amy Ryan. Oh, Just love Amy Ryan. Fantastic. Nominee, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Mike is before we, uh, we send you off into the world of hospitals, give us your recommendation. Give us a pop culture recommendation.
2: Um, so I'm, I'm, I've been I've been uh, enjoying a lot of comics lately, kind of kind of helps when I'm at my comic shop at least twice a week. Um, so I will say and I think some of these will be a repeat from last week's podcast where uh, my favorite right now from D.C. is the Blue and Gold miniseries. Unfortunately, it's been delayed quite a bit. Uh, third issue is not going to come out till I think the third week of December at this point, but it's a fun series that calls back to the uh, Justice League International series from the 80s and the early 90s. So that's something I've been enjoying. Some other titles I can recommend. Of course, if you're a Transformers fan, there's the King Grimlock, which kind of has a, uh, a fantasy feel to it because who doesn't love a uh, giant uh, robot dinosaur tromping, stomping and kicking some ass and two other new series which i i gotta say idw is pumping out the mini series right now uh, they have transformer shattered glass right now which features the evil autobots against the heroic decepticons and that is one crazy trip to read uh, it's something that was uh, popular during the botcon era of uh, transformer conventions so if uh, you remember those if anyone liked that this is a, a new take on uh, that alternate universe and the other Transformers mini, which uh, comes out next week, is called Transformers: Wreckers, Treads, and Circuit and Circuits, not Circus. That would be weird. And uh, that's about a ragtag group of uh, Autobots and Decepticons who go on covert missions, kind of like X Force of the Transformers universe, go on covert missions, and uh, you know, can't, uh, and if they get caught, uh, deny everything. But if uh, you want to go off on some other publishers i definitely recommend uh last flight out by dark horse uh it's a great read i strongly recommend it the second issue just came out this week and um by uh, and uh, ablaze comics are is currently uh, producing the captain harlock comic book which uh, is a in a way a continuation from the original series uh, not so much from the original comics, but uh, it does have a lot of qualities to the original animation. And speaking of anime, I have to throw a nod out to Cowboy Bebop. I started re-watching the original Same. anime, from and I'm, I am just so stoked beyond anything imaginable to see the live action. If you have not already seen the opening uh, credits that was put out online a, a couple weeks ago, please watch it. It's incredible if you were if you, you were a fan and you're on the you know on the sh- on the uh, on the fence whether this is going to be an awesome series or not. Watch the opening credits, you will be sold. I am sold. Sell it to everybody. Buy it now. Go for it. Gotta love some and Bebop.
0: And be uh, honestly, honest, I was going to say, where can people watch Cowboy Bebop uh, streaming?
2: The Hulu. what? Yes, the the it's on Hulu. Rec- it's right, and and uh, Netflix will be bringing it over because the the live action show was released on November 15, I believe, and they did announce that they will be bringing the animated. Uh, I'm sorry, they will be bringing the anime over to Netflix. I believe on November 1st. So if you if you don't have Hulu, you'll be able to catch on Netflix in a month.
1: Yeah, and uh, for for those who haven't seen the trailer yet or not trailer, but the opening credits, it honestly looks like, um, you know, a, a straight up homage to the anime, but at the same time, like the actual live action elements remind me of like, if Kill Bill and Scott Pilgrim had a baby, <laughs> like that's the feel yeah. that I'm seeing in terms of like the end uh, the live action, like, the, the way they shot it it looks fucking
2: awesome i can't I, wait for that joke i i and i really hope the the animation style from the opening credits carries out through the whole series i i would love it yeah, I Same. Would.
0: yeah. mr grand pierre please plug that lovely podcast that you host which i believe is heading into a third season if it's not already there uh as well as uh some of your pop culture recommendations
3: yeah, well, uh, we are currently in the third season, which is pretty wild. Um,
0: oh, what's the name? What's the name of that again? I always forget.
3: Oh, yeah. This lovely little podcast called The New Exchange. Um, during throughout this third season, we've had some incredible talks and we made way too many fucking episodes, as you do. But um, <laughs> it, 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 it has been fun. And it's, uh you know, it's released weekly. We have a lot of bonus episodes coming out. Um you know, actually interesting. This will be pretty, uh, it'll be the an exclusive first time sharing it, but, uh, coming out in a few weeks is an offshoot series that will be part of the main series. And it's called real exchanges, which is essentially very similar inspired by essentially socially distanced in a lot of ways where I just bring friends on and we just bullshit about stuff. Cause interesting thing with the new exchange is that, um, yeah, So it's, you know, mostly interview based. A lot of the episodes are prepped months in advance and recorded months in advance and researched and it's a lot of fun, but I love the looseness of podcasting where you could just, you know, turn a mic on, have some friends. So yeah, we're going to do a couple episodes like that. And essentially it's my me and friends talking about a topic we're passionate about. And then just speaking over it for like an hour, like anyone wants to hear. I think uh, we're going to do one about movies and Cat Manos, lovely Cat Manos will be on it. So, Well, Thank if you for... ever
0: need uh, a couple of drunken idiots, you can always ask Al or I, uh, if you ever need us, as <laughs> you has always been there for us. Of course, you need to check that podcast out. Um, it is on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify. But can you got any pop culture recommendations for us?
3: I do, and I think uh, you and Al particularly would really enjoy it as well as your listeners. I think it's a shared interest, but it's an album by a Canadian band, a new album. Uh, the band is called Arkells, and the album is called Blink Once.
0: We've interviewed and, them on the site and shot them. Yes.
3: Oh, really? Very good. I, I love those guys. I know them a little bit uh, from just like other acts, and I've done some stuff with them in the past, and. They're some of the sweetest fucking guys and they've been yeah. super big in ca- their native Canada, which has been wild to see. But, um, yeah, this new album blink once is very much like, um, their singer max, he very much approaches songwriting from the perspective of, uh, how sports anthems have like a lot of heart in them, how people go to sports games and hear music that, is synonymous with sports and take it with them outside of like arenas and stadiums. And he tries to approach songwriter from the idea of like, all right, how do you distill that? Like, how do you really hone in on that? And this new album is a really good example of that. Like there's songs that you can listen to like on your way to like a football game or like walking home from like getting dropped off on a bus or a train or something. And yeah, it's also like the albums, the songs in album are full of heart, but, there's this overt sense of positivity and in a time in a lot of people's lives where that feels like it's a short supply, I think this would, this could very much help people in like a dark place. So yeah. Blink once by Arkells. It's a lot of fun. Go check that out.
0: Arkells for anyone wondering a R K E L L S. Yes. So Ken, uh, tell people where they can find you on social media.
3: Yes. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Kanami photo. That's K E N A M I, and photo spelt the American way. One of my favorite things to say. I like and it. Uh, the new exchange podcast is streaming everywhere you listen to podcasts. Episodes drop on Tuesdays, and you'll see episodes throughout all of October, all of November, and the majority of December, even most likely within the week of Christmas. Does that make any sense? No. But we're adults, you're not doing anything anyway.
0: I mean, god damn i mean I, I remember during the week of christmas you recorded a podcast in england with us
3: <laughs> oh yeah that's
0: right or if you were going to make it out of that country because of the pandemic uh always for making time for us and we love you so much mike yeah. tell us where people can find you on on uh, twitter and social media and of course plug that ebay store buddy
2: uh, you know, I made reference to buy it now when I was selling everything else. Uh, yep, uh, eBay store is uh, at Omega Collectibles. I don't know if eBay actually uses the at symbol. Uh, Omega Collectibles on eBay, at Omega X80 on Twitter. Um, I'm still on Facebook, and I may actually still have a MySpace account. I could have sworn I got an email recently. So, hey, why not bring it back old school?
0: And he will have a new podcast coming out soon called wrestling with depression. There's a few episodes in the bank, which I already know are done. And Mike needs to release them soon. I'm just reminding Mike because he tells me to do it all the time.
2: I, do. Al, I, I need some reminders for, to release things, you know, you, should. I, you know, I don't want to leak anything early. So.
0: Jesus Christ. We went back to that. <laughs> Al, the watcher, where can people find all your uh, exquisite photos? On Instagram, and just to put Al over for a second, he's been shooting for, uh, what, five, six years now? Go on his Instagram page, and you will see every time he shoots, he captures his next greatest photo. It's uncanny. Go check it out.
1: Stop complimenting me. Um,
0: You're (laughs) a dick, and I hate you.
1: All right. Um, yeah, you can you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Al Manorino. Twitter for nonsense. Uh, Instagram, finally, for photos. You can see my photos of uh, the See Here Now Music Festival, which we did an entire podcast review about. So if you care about that, very, very limited amount of people would actually give a shit. But if you do, you can go back on the feed and listen to that episode. Um, you can see my photos also from the Shadow of the City Music Festival. Uh, another New Jersey festival, which is uh, very interesting, very eclectic. Um, and I think that's kind of it recently. Uh, you can also throw uh, the Hell Mega Tour in there, Green Day, Fallout Boy, and Weezer. That was a fun one. Across the uh, two names off the list there. And uh, Green Day, I took one of my favorite photos that I've ever taken. Um, and I think Rise Against were the only, yeah, it was a very slow summer, but at the same time, it was an actual summer, unlike last year. So it was really great. Uh, you can check all that out uh, on thepoproot.com and my Instagram.
0: Of course, if you absolutely need to follow me for some damn reason on uh, social media, I am at bodkinrights, W R I T E S, where it's literally me talking, tweeting gifts of pro wrestler hangman Adam Page uh, drinking alcohol, which means Bill is probably drinking alcohol at some point in that day. Uh, but most importantly, it's stuff about thepopbreak.com, of course, which is the site I've been running for 12 years and all these wonderful people have been a part of, whether it's in podcast form, photos, or articles. Uh, check out thepopbreak.com. Every single day, we're talking about movies. No time to die. We got a review up right now from Mr. Carpico, our film editor, and James Bond aficionado. I've been watching Bond my whole life. I trust her opinions about this franchise implicitly and I cannot wait to see this movie because she gave it a very positive review. Check it out. Television. We are covering everything in the world. Of television from stuff on Netflix to like, you know, reality series, like married at first sight and the bachelor and F boy Island. It's ridiculous what we cover on there. Um, and we also have uh, stuff with music. Of course, I'll cover talking about See Here Now, which featured Pearl Jam and Billy Idol and uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. We just covered Gov, Gov Ball 2021, which covered we covered Billy Eilish and Jay Balvin and Post Malone. The first time we've ever covered any of those artists. And we have comic books, anime, pro wrestling, digital trends, all sorts of stuff. Check out at the pop break on Twitter, uh, at the pop break on Instagram forward slash pop uh, all spelled out on Facebook. Check out all our podcasts, whether it's under the Pop Break TV, BreakCast, and the Winner Still Is, and the or Way Too Early Oscar podcast hubs on Anchor, Google, Apple, and Spotify. So this concludes the What If Review Series. Thank you to Ken Grandpierre. Thank you to Michael Dworkis, And sort of thanks to Al Manarino. I'm Bill Bodkin. We'll see you next week.